right, let me uh, pray to start off. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, for the glorious uh, truths of that song, uh, that you have a uh, perfect wisdom um, that guides uh, your actions through all of history, um, and that uh, you have that you teach us in your word. Uh, and so we pray that as we read your word, that you would uh, give us understanding, uh, give us um, the uh, fruit of righteousness that comes as we put it in practice. Uh, in Christ's name, we pray. Amen. <coughs> Alright, uh, well if you're a parent um, of young uh, children, uh, I'm sure you'll be aware that it is now school holidays. <coughs> um, we, uh, uh, as, as we're growing up, um, I think that's one of the best things about Christmas, isn't it? The, uh, the five weeks uh, of no school. Uh, maybe it's not such a great time for the adults. Um, as you, uh, most of us will still have to work over the next uh, couple of months, <clears throat> uh, although you might get a little bit of time off over the Christmas New Year period. Um, but it is good um, at various times to get a bit of rest, uh, a little bit of time to just kick back and relax, not have to worry about anything for a little while. Um, whatever your preferred way of resting or, or going on holiday is, maybe you uh, shut yourself in or maybe you shoot off for a holiday. Uh, maybe you want to go home or you want to go to the beach uh, or you prefer to have a bath or a long walk. Whatever you do to relax, uh, it's, it's really good, isn't it, to just escape and, and get some rest for a little while. <coughs> Uh, but more than a brief holiday or, or respite, um, there's something good about rest that comes from stability, certainty, something uh, solid to come home to. Uh, we live, uh, of course, in a world where there are constantly shifting demands and they are exhausting. Uh, if you want an example of that, just uh, touch your pocket. There's a, uh, well, if you're my age, there's a phone there. Um, every time I look at my phone, there's something new there. There's a, a news article or an email or, or some other demand on my life, something on social media maybe. Uh, it's exciting, it's addictive, it's often good things, maybe even beneficial things, but it's also exhausting meeting these constant changes and demands in life, uh, calling our brains to, to shift from one thing to the next, from one thought to the next, from one emotion to the next, constantly. What we need to rest is, is, is solid ground. It's hard to stand uh, if you've ever tried going uh, on a boat the, ground, the floor is constantly shifting, and you can get used to standing on that, but there's no, it, it's not easy. It's not restful to try and stand when the, the ground is shaking. 
We need stability to be able to rest and we need rest to be able to live and function and enjoy life. Uh, We've been working our way through the book of Ruth uh, as our Christmas series this year and a few weeks ago when we started in chapter 1 we saw that rest is one of the key things that this book is working towards. Um, We were introduced to a couple of women uh, who were absolutely put through the ringer. Uh, Naomi had moved from Israel with her family to Moab uh, where both her husband and her two sons died Uh, And Ruth, her daughter-in-law, the wife of one of Naomi's dead sons, of course, had lost her husband after ten years of childlessness. But back in chapter 1, Ruth said to Naomi, Naomi said to Ruth and to her other daughter-in-law, Orpah, may the Lord grant that you find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. And of course, she's not referring there to a brief respite, uh, or holiday, but that sort of stability, a, uh, a home, a certainty about the future, some solid ground to stand on that would come in that form of a stable home and a loving husband. And so as we work through the book of Ruth, that's what we're looking out for, that's, that solid, certain, stable home. Uh, Last week we read chapter 2, where Ruth received kindness and provision of food uh, throughout the harvest period. But we didn't see in that book any sort of long-term security, any stable rest. He hasn't found that yet. Um, There is potential. We saw last week the man Boaz that she's been... uh, 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 who's been very kind to her in that chapter. Uh, He could well be. He's the redeemer of their family. Um, He could well be the husband that she needs. But here at the start of chapter 3, that rest is what we're still trying to look for. Ruth is here a foreign woman, a poor widow, living with her poor widow mother-in-law. And so in verse 1, Naomi brings that rest right back into view. Should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he's winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash yourself, uh, and sorry, wash therefore and anoint yourself and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. Uh, when, you, when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. <clears throat> so Naomi brings that rest back into view and works with Ruth to find a way to get there. Um, I've divided the passage uh, into four sections, each of them characterised by a, a, a Action, an overarching action that the characters are doing. And the first one here in these first five verses is purpose. Naomi expresses a purpose that she desires for her daughter-in-law. And again, that purpose, that goal that we're working towards is rest. Naomi says that it may go well with you. 
Uh, to accomplish that purpose, Naomi takes the initiative. Um, now we'll see. Uh, we'll see the brilliance of this plan, I guess, as it goes along and, it, and the way it works out. Um, but again, we focus here on the purpose of all of this. The idea is that Ruth will get Boaz's attention in private, and that he will marry her in the end. Uh, Ruth is to clean herself up, making herself presentable, uh, and then put herself in a position to have a private conversation with him that night. Uh, And then, as we'll see... uh, Sorry, as we've established already, the goal of all this is that Ruth will find herself in a happy, stable marriage. Uh, that's the that's the purpose, uh, and then that leads us directly into the plea um, that Ruth makes as she carries out this plan. Uh, so, verses six to nine, Ruth uh, went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. The plan is working. And Ruth is playing her role perfectly, and as you would expect, it got Boaz's attention. Uh, Verse 8. At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. Uh, Wouldn't you, wouldn't that get your attention? (laughs) Your, uh, Your feet are a bit cold in the middle of the night, and you're like, where's my blanket gone? Wait, what? There's a woman there? (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Now, of course, it's easy to interpret this, uh, or misinterpret this, I should should say, as a seduction, or or she's not uh, trying to engage in some sort of sexual proposition. Uh, That's not Ruth or Naomi's intention, as we've seen. Uh, And they obviously had enough faith in Boaz's character that he wouldn't interpret it that way either, which uh, we see he didn't, obviously. Um, but in saying that, Ruth is in a very vulnerable position here, and it is a credit to Boaz that he didn't take advantage of the situation. Um, we've noted that the uh, the context of the Book of Ruth, the historical context, is that it's in the period of the Judges, uh, which was known for its moral depravity. Um, but the point of these passage, these verses, is not the way that Ruth approached Boaz, or the way that Boaz treated Ruth. The point is the conversation that eventuated. So we'll pick up uh, in verse 9. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. (coughs) Um, Now, to understand what Ruth is asking, we're going to need to dig a little bit into what a redeemer does and is. Um, some of you will be probably familiar with the idea, um, but we'll, uh, let's, let's all get on the same page. Uh, under the Old Testament law, there were a number of responsibilities that people had um, as a person's next of kin. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with keeping um, family inheritance and the family name in the family. Uh, when uh, Israel received the promised land, they were given an inheritance, a possession by God. Uh, and so the idea was that that inheritance would stay in the family uh, throughout their generations. 
Uh, and so if your relative died without having a clear heir, you would be expected to redeem those possessions, uh, in other words, buy them into your family to keep them in the family. Uh, and also, if a, wife, if a man died leaving a wife but no children, the next of kin would have the responsibility of, through his wife, uh, fathering a child in his name to preserve that family line. Uh, and so for Ruth to ask Boaz to fulfill that role of redeemer, she's asking him uh, on behalf of Elimelech, Naomi's uh, late husband, on behalf of his family, preserve that family line. Um, and that kind of involved in this case three very costly things. Um, Firstly, she's asking him to save the family from poverty, that is, Naomi and Ruth. Uh, Secondly, she's saying, can you buy Elimelech's belongings so that they stay in the family? But most importantly, Ruth is asking him to take her as his wife to raise up an heir. A son who, in, in this case, will legally belong to another man as an heir to perpetuate Elimelech's name. But of course, as I've said, we know that at a deeper level, this isn't just about asking Boaz to perpetuate that family name, because the purpose, back in in verse 1, is that Ruth and Naomi will find rest and stability. And and so that's what the first half of Ruth's plea gets at, the, the real core of it. Um, Steve uh, opened up this idea of of spreading your wings over uh, someone last week. Um, In chapter 2, it referred to Ruth uh, finding refuge in God himself. The image uh, calls to mind the protection of a mother bird, uh, as Steve showed us last week, uh, like an eagle protecting her young from, uh, from harm underneath her wings. Literally, uh, I guess, putting herself uh, between the chicks and whatever force of nature or predator or, or whatever might harm them. And, that, and so Ruth says, Boaz, you be that protection. She's asking him to provide the protection and security that she longs for. Um, in this case, quite literally, in his embrace. Under, uh, under the corner of his garment. Depending on your translation, that might be the way it goes. But uh, there's a, a literal double, uh, a real double meaning here. Um, not just of that image of a bird, but also of that protection that comes from being within the embrace of a husband. <clears throat> uh, and so this is a. Uh, a very clever request and also very bold. Bold in that she's asking him to marry her, but also clever uh, in the fact that she references Boaz's own words from the previous chapter. But it's a big ask <coughs> um, that, ex- that asked a lot from Boaz um, to provide a lot for Ruth. And so Boaz's mouth, Boaz's heart would have been in, sorry, let me start that sentence again. Ruth's heart would have been in her mouth. 
Boas could well have said no at this point, of course. Um, you know, it wouldn't be hard to be Boaz's lawyer if he said no. He wasn't technically required to do this, uh, and I'm sure no one even really would have cared, again, given the judge's period was pretty lawless. Um, we'll see in the next chapter there was another person who did say no, uh, and Boaz could easily have done the same. But even leaving Boaz's character and, and his own deci- decisions aside, Ruth is is kind of going a little bit far in even asking this. Uh, Ruth was an outsider and a nobody. In fact, to call her an outsider and a nobody is is uh, a, a bit of an understatement, really. Uh, it doesn't capture the full depth of Ru- Ruth's place in Israel. Uh, as a woman from Moab, Ruth was under the law. She had no place in Israel. Not just no standing, but no place there. Moabites were enemies. They were not welcome. Um, Of course, in chapter 1, she disowned her people and her gods and committed herself fully to Israel and to Yahweh. And that's why she had been welcomed and, and cared for as an Israelite. And yet, if you think that Ruth... Uh, is asking here something that is hers by right, you're kind of missing the point. Just as in the previous chapter, Ruth cast herself entirely on the kindness of God, so here she is entirely reliant on the kindness and mercy of Boaz. That's critical to understand, and it's also instructive for us ourselves. Because as far-off Gentiles, uh, uh, as sinners. We should be reading this and seeing ourselves in Ruth, in the desperation, in the outsider um, place. We have no rightful place in the people of God. We have no right to the benefits of God's covenant. We have no rightful claim on God's goodness or kindness, and yet that is what we desperately need. We desperately need a redeemer like Ruth. We're outsiders, we're uh, homeless, we're destitute, we're orphans, spiritually speaking. Uh, And so as we read this, we should also be on the edge of our seats, asking with Ruth, "Can can we be redeemed? Can we become part of the family of God? Can someone like me find long lasting rest and security and hope among the people of God. <clears throat> well, we're about to find out as Ruth, uh, sorry, as Boaz opens his mouth. Uh, verse 10, and he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether rich, poor or rich, and now, my daughter, do not fear, I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. Yay! It would be appropriate to cheer at this point. <laughs> or, at, or at least to breathe, breathe a bit of a sigh of relief. I'm sure Ruth on her part would have breathed a sigh of relief. Ruth's future and Naomi's future too is now secure. Boaz is willing to give them the rest and security that they need. 
Uh, this response from Boaz really is uh, very beautiful. It's, it's glorious even. Uh, he acknowledges God's role in this. May you be blessed by the Lord. <clears throat> um, once again, uh, Ruth is, is seeking the protection of Yahweh in the physical agency of Boaz. And Boaz, uh, in turn, um, in, in giving his personal agency, acknowledges God's role. Um, then, of course, Boaz highlights Ruth's character twice. Uh, in verse 10, he notes her kindness, uh, her acts of kindness. And then in verse 11, her reputation for nobility. She's godly, she's selfless, uh, she's diligent, as, as we've seen time and time again throughout this short book. But, of course, right in the middle of these verses uh, of Boaz's reply is the message of comfort that Ruth most wanted to hear. Now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. Ruth's future is secure. She's achieved what she set out to do. She's found someone to redeem her. <clears throat> uh, but as Boaz reveals in verse 12, there's, an, uh, there's a bit of a wrinkle. There's an obstacle that prevents him from quite promising to marry her right there on the spot. Uh, he says, verse 12, and It is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Boaz's own nobility forces him to acknowledge that he's not actually the ne true next of kin, and so he doesn't quite have the responsibility and the, and the, uh, the option open to him. Uh, Naomi and Ruth have a closer relative who should at least have the opportunity uh, to redeem them and their possessions. So Boaz makes a plan. Uh, and again, if you're taking notes, this is the third action spanning verses 10 to 15, Boaz's plan. Uh, verse 13, he says, Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he's not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. <clears throat> so Boaz's plan uh, is that the very next morning, he will confront this next of kin uh, about whether he's going to redeem Ruth. Uh, and if the answer is no, then Boaz will do it then and there. Um, and so this plan gives Ruth the security of a sure answer, at least in the very, the very next morning. Boaz will see to it himself. And he swears, as the Lord lives, I will do that. <coughs> That's... Boaz's plan. And this chapter is full of great plans. Uh, we started off with Naomi's plan to get Boaz and Ruth hitched, uh, and now here's Boaz's plan to get Naomi and Ruth redeemed as soon as possible. But underneath all of these plans, uh, there's a greater plan running along. Um, if you were here last week, Steve spoke about uh, the, uh, whether there is such a thing as luck uh, or whether, and, and in, how, in reality, uh, what we think of as luck is God's providential control over the universe. Uh, in the same way, all the plans that we've seen this week, all the human plans devised in the minds of these characters, of these people, are in actual fact a small part of the grand plan of God. 
Uh, the book of Proverbs tells us this over and over again. Uh, it says, The plans of a heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Proverbs 16.1. Uh, again, the, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Proverbs 16.9. Many are the plans of a man, the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Proverbs 19, verse 21. <clears throat> uh, now, that's not something to be afraid of. Uh, God's sovereignty is a good and wonderful thing. His plan is good and kind and redemptive like Boaz's and far more wide-reaching. Uh, where Boaz's plan of redemption secured a home and a family and a resting place for Ruth and Naomi, God's plan of redemption will make a home and a resting place and a family for people from every nation, for outsiders from every margin of society, for humble, faithful people of every land, of every kind. Uh, the way God worked in Boaz is part of a pattern, a, a promise-shaped pattern, to quote uh, James Hamilton. Uh, it's a pattern that will grow uh, to, uh, to encompass the whole world. <coughs> uh, uh, this redemptive plan of Boaz will, will first grow uh, as his great-grandson, David, ascends the throne of Israel. He ex- David would extend that legacy and kindness legacy of kindness and justice to the nation of Israel and to its neighbours. And then beyond that, uh, God's plan of redemption, his promise-shaped pattern, finds its fulfilment and culmination in the great king, the great redeemer, the great descendant of Boaz and of David, the Messiah Jesus. Because Jesus redeems people from every nation, bringing peace and justice to the whole world and indeed all of creation. As Colossians 1.19 tells us, In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. God himself, the second person of the Trinity, the eternal Son, took on flesh and bled and died to pay for our redemption from sin. He paid the price of his own life for you and me. Nobody's, nothing's worthless, sinful, pitiable, rotten, cast-off humans that we are. He paid the price of his own life to bring us into his family. He redeemed us, and so we are, and forever will be his bride. What amazing love. Nothing more remains. Uh, No obstacles prevent our redemption. No one has a greater claim on us. Nothing can undo this redemption. Our redemption is paid in full. And so we are now and forever will be secure. Uh, That means that you uh, can, like Ruth, in answer to that question I said before, we all can approach the Redeemer and present our plea and find that home and security and protection among the people of God as uh, Jesus is our Redeemer. Pray to Jesus, present your plea to him, come to him for rest and security because he is the Redeemer. 
Ask him to spread his wings over you and protect you and save you. Uh, He will bring you in. He will make you part of God's glorious, joyous family. He will give you the blessed rest and security and stability that you long for. Uh, Look at the blessing uh, there in in chapter 3 that Ruth received. Uh, Even before she had the full experience of redemption, when all she had was the promise, she still received blessing. Uh, He said, verse 15, bring out the garment that you're wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her and she went into the city. Uh, Knowing that, uh, that he wasn't able to give her all that she wanted right then and there, Boaz blessed her with this substantial gift. All as as much food and grain as she could carry. But by far, the most important thing that Boaz left Ruth with was the assurance that she would be redeemed. And soon. And the peace of that assurance, the peace that Ruth experienced as a result of that assurance characterizes these final verses of the chapter. As uh, Ruth returns and uh, relates all that happened to Naomi in verses 16 and 17. Um, uh, And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said you must not go go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Ruth deliberately here is, uh, is referencing the... Uh, how uh, Naomi described herself back in chapter 1 when she said, I went away full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Here Ruth went out empty and now she has come back to Naomi full to share that fullness with Naomi herself. (coughs) Ruth and Naomi are no longer empty. Uh, And verse uh, 18 provides another uh, resolution. At the start of the chapter, Naomi encouraged Ruth to take action so that she might one day experience rest. At the end of the chapter, in verse 18, Naomi encourages Ruth to wait and rest because the action will be done by Boaz. He will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Ruth's restlessness has been exchanged for Boaz's and Boaz's rest has come to Ruth. And so Naomi's and Ruth's experience is of peace, of rest in that calm assurance of their imminent redemption. Naomi and Ruth can now rest assured in the redemptive plan of Boaz. Likewise, the original readers... Um, who would have read this presumably under the reign of King David or perhaps one of his descendants, they would have been able to rest assured in the redemptive plan of Yahweh. Uh, We read uh, earlier from Psalm 121, and that would have been another uh, reminder of uh, the... uh, uh, It's a uh, close connection to this idea of not resting until the matter is sorted. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He will not rest until they are secure. And the same is true for us. 
Uh, again, I said at the start, the demands of life are constant and constantly shifting. Rest and stability elude us. Rest, uh, you know, uh, sorry, but in a world where everything around us, uh, our me- the media, our phones, social media, everything around us on a daily basis is, is constantly trying to divert our attention with new short-lived things. Uh, when the algorithms uh, rule us and decide what we will be interested in before we even think about things, uh, in a world of constant inescapable demands and deadlines uh, and, and people trying to contact us uh, and all sorts of demands on our lives, we have something solid to stand on. We have a home to find rest and refuge in. Uh, as we read earlier from Hebrews 6, we have fled for refuge in Jesus. He's our security, our hope, our rest, a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul. And so like Ruth, we can rest assured. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for the assurance that you have given us, uh, the hope uh, of redemption uh, and the blessing of peace Uh, we pray that we would rest in that Uh, i pray that no one uh, would leave here without finding refuge in christ Uh, and i pray that you would help us to rest assured in the knowledge of your redemptive plan in christ's name we pray amen